Bruce Newberry. The food dude. For us parents, the end of the workday signals the beginning of our other full-time job the care and feeding of our family. When everybody comes home and everybody's hungry, you can smile when you hear those three little words, what's for dinner? Because you know you've got Gaspar's on hand. Gaspar's Linguisa and Chudis, an easy and delicious meal starring your family's favorite. Gaspar's is just what you and your family need after your hard day. Made with lean cuts of quality meats and authentic natural spices, Gaspar's lends a special flavor to so many of your family's favorites. Spaghetti, chili, pizza, sandwiches, omelets, baked beans, soups, so much more. Gaspar's comes in slices, franks, cocktail bites, and the traditional sausage. And Gaspar's linguisa and churis are readily available at all major supermarkets. For all the flavor with less fat and calories, try Gaspar's turkey linguisa and churis. Gaspar's for over 95 years. It's the Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. All right, so here we are. It's Bruce Newberry with Ted Carusas, but we can't call it a TED Talk. And we're here at the Blue Play Diner. So you had, Ted, a teacher appreciation breakfast, actually, uh, for my kids' school. And um, it got me to thinking that oftentimes we should appreciate teachers all the time, not yes. just once a week or, or, or once every year. I think it's very, very important that in order to move forward and to progress, we need to be constantly learning. And with the exception of your parents, what other human being molds you as much as your teachers or your teacher or a teacher, a mentor as you continue? Everybody has one teacher. Everybody has one that has influenced them. So then, you know, take that and your ability to learn and appreciate and be mindful of um, and have empathy for, right? I mean, we as we get older... So when we're little, we play with blocks, we play in kindergarten, we all get along and life is good. As we progress and get slightly older, we become a little bit more compartmentalized, a little bit more focused about what we like to do or what we have to do. And we kind of lose a little bit of that joy of learning, that joy of interaction, if you will. And then you, in this road to self-discovery, you find something that you love, right? So you're on your own little journey, and then all of a sudden you start to search for one or two people that can influence you or that you hold some value for. And I'm not talking about your parents or your immediate family. And usually that's either a professor, a mentor, a teacher, a former boss, somebody other than your immediate, someone who has to love you versus <laughs> someone who chooses to. And so then you, we forget that that is a teaching time in your life, that you're emulating, you're copying, you're, you're learning, you've discovered who you want to be and who you don't want to be, which is just as important, important because it begins, starts to give you your purpose in life, your focal point in life, and then all of a sudden you go from being in school 40 hours a week to being at a job 40 hours a week, right? And somewhere you've lost, some people unfortunately have lost their love of, for whatever they do. It could be as a youngster, you lose your love of you know playing and creativity, and then you get more regimented and you become more competitive for certain things. Or you might you might lose your love of learning. Right. You know, you're you, chasing you a stop, buck. Right. Sure. You're just doing it because you have to do it, not doing it because you enjoy to do it. Right. And as life and technology accelerates, you, you get to kind of get lost. So I think it's an important thing that we kind of stop, be mindful that, you know, teachers are important and learning is important and that your teachers don't stop when you're in school. They, they continue on. And I'm constantly learning from my kids who are younger than me. And it's not only technology. How does my iPhone work or my iPad and stuff like that? It, it's about just kind of 
enjoying the moment. There's something great about looking at a kid who doesn't know what they want to do and that they're they're experimenting because we lose that thrive ability to experiment as yes. we get older, right? We get yes. on these rails of life and career path, and if I do this, I'll get that. And then you you know you wake up 20 years later and say, what did I do with my life, right? Whereas I think teachers are more mindful of their purpose, and at the end of the day, or the end of the you know 20 years from now, they can say, I've touched people's lives. As a former educator and as a restaurateur, I say to myself, where is their similarities, right? You know, people go through their life. What is their purpose in their work? Okay, so what is their purpose at work? If you're a realtor, what's your purpose? Is it to make sales? No, it's to, to, to sit there and find someone their home, help them create a new life, a new chapter, a new this, a new that, right? It sounds corny, but it's real, It's right? true. That's what gets you through your life. Uh, you know, you want to add more value than just making a dollar. Um, and well, sure, well, look at you. You say that you're a former educator, if I may, you still educate because everybody that comes in here who's a new person or you have a menu change and you need to teach and educate right. the staff here. So you're all you're still an educator. Well, yeah, I'm very blessed. And I actually like doing that. Right. Because it, it gives me it, it's self gratifying to see someone get out of their comfort zone and actually enjoy it. Right. They take a risk. You're there to kind of hold the hand, whether it's a new cook learning something, whether it's a new customer trying to figure out what is that or what what's this, you know, and, and, and so it's it's fun right on the same note we're in a service industry so i talk to my friends who own restaurants and they always say you know hey how's the help situation i go well i'm pretty blessed i've got people that have been with me for a while and that's great because it's one less thing you got to worry about but it's also tough because how do you take someone who's been with you forever and try and get them out of their comfort zone and try and educate them and on some trying something new and you know so we got to try and find the fun in it as well but then you got the customer right how many times you go through a drive-through and you already know what you're going to get right. at a certain store, right? And then right. they're trying to sell you like an apple pie or something that you don't really kind of connect with that. You know, you're a regular. I have my, you know, whatever, quarter quarter with cheese or my this or my that, whatever I end up having. And so those are the challenges of a restaurant person. And then... And then you've got the service people who are in the service of others. Like, you know, people say, oh, you've got a great staff. And I'm very blessed I do. Yes. And they say, how do you get that staff? I said, you know, it's quite easy. You don't hire. Well, it's not easy, I should say. you got to be aware. You have to have awareness. You don't hire for the actual job of serving. You hire for a personality of someone who wants to be in the service of others at least for wait staff. And so what kind of fields are in the service of others? N- nurses. If you look at the average restaurant person <clears throat> who's in the front of the house and who's good at what they do, they're usually a social worker, a psychology major, a nurse, a nursing student, a single mom who's nurturing, or a mom. That's why it's, it's heavily female, yeah. right? And so those are the individuals that are naturally caring, and so if you find someone who already has a tenacity or an ability to be caring, it's not a stretch to get them to do a good job for you. You can train on you know, proper service and proper expectation and ticket times and all these other little nuances that will make for a good experience. But the make or break is the personality of the person that is serving you. Right. right? And I think sometimes it's, it's a situation where we, are, um, we don't appreciate that enough in life. We really don't. And the more... We continue to invest in artificial intelligence, robots, so self-service, kiosks, whatever do. We disconnect from the human element of 
the service business. And service becomes more uh, measurable, like metrics like, you know, speed and right. accuracy and this and that. And less on, you know, I left there feeling good. That's a nice person. I met a new person. What an interesting ca- character right. that person. And so... And that, and that and server might, might be saying the same thing about the customer. Right, right. And we end up dehumanizing the whole service experience. And I think that's the worst thing we can do to ourselves. Yes. Restaurant people are very important parts of your life, whether you believe it or not. If you find the right place and you become a regular there, they become part of the family. Unfortunately, I've had the, the, the you know, I've been in business a long time and I've seen people grow up, which is wonderful. Little kids who've come in, uh, you know, and they have their little chocolate milkshakes. Now they're drinking the, uh, a grown-up milkshake and ordering their own burger and drove here on their own. Um, uh, the converse of that is I've also seen some great regulars who have passed along in the years. And you know what? There's a, a loneliness. It doesn't happen. Well, it happens more than you think. But, you know, you look over and you say, hey, I wonder, oh, my God, that person's no longer with us. Right. And you're like, oh, where's, oh, they, they passed. And, and that's a sad thing because, you know, if you're working 60 hours a week and these people come three, four times a week, they become part of your extended family. Of course. You know, and you're a part of their life and they're a part of your life. And, and to not um, celebrate that is, is, is a problem. Right. And, you know, really is. you may have just gotten to the heart of or at least uncovered a very important element as to why the idea of employment and things is so tough today, because I have a feeling that that element is lacking and that for whatever reason, it's difficult. It's it's so difficult to teach. How do you teach a young person? that someone is going to be part of your life for two or three or four days. Think about the experience that a young person who has come up through daycare and has been in a transient life since a very, very, very young age. How does that person relate to the person that used to sit at the end of the counter every day for uh, for, for four years or whatever? Right. I, I don't think they have, uh, they've not had the pleasure of seeing what I've seen, yes. fortunately. Um, they've grown a cousin, right? You know what you're used to, and you're used to it, perhaps a transient life, or you're used to perhaps not having service. You're used to doing everything yourself. And so, you know, when someone is trying to go above and beyond, you might dismiss it as, oh my God, that guy's like pushy. Or, oh my God, that guy's that guy's crazy. What's he doing? Like, just let me eat. You know, everything's fine. I'll get you when I need something. <laughs> and, and you know, to them, they just want to make you happy and please you. And, and so I think fundamentally that dehumanizing effect over time might shift everything, the paradigm, to be the new norm. So it, it, it'll do two things. If you can be stellar in providing that fuzzy good feeling and you can still continue to find great people – you're going to be a, that much more of a successful restaurateur or the other thing might happen. It'll get more. I think actually both will happen. It'll get more and more difficult to find that person that wants to please in the restaurant industry because they're going to get lured away to other careers where they are appreciated, such as the nursing field, such as social work, perhaps, or psychology, whatever. You name it. Teaching, for example. Yes. Right? So what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a, a brain drain in this industry of compassionate, caring individuals, and that will reflect on the type of service that will be offered. Right. We've seen it with Chipotle. I mean, with their extension of, you know, fast service. It's a buffet. It's a buffet. 
We call it fast casual. It's a buffet line, but it's just a limited scope right. as far as what you're offering, right? right? And someone else is serving you. So, um, but anyways, that's the, the reactionary response of a restaurateur trying to keep the doors open and do what they have to do. And all of a sudden they create a whole new, uh, you know, segment to play in meaning restaurant wise. But, but I think, you know, it's a shame. And I hope it doesn't happen because um, people are what make everything go. I mean, and there's nothing more important than serving others, in my opinion. A call to service, whether you're, and I hate to even put me in the same category as a police or fire, but, you know, those people you really want to see when there's an emergency. Of course. But, you're, you know, your weight person, your teacher, you, these other individuals that you kind of, under the shadows that, you know, do the, the grunt work day in and day out, they deserve that um, that uh, appraise uh, more frequently. So, and, you know, tipping is not what it's all about. That's the... That's the cherry on top. Right. But that's not the reason why they do it. Not at all. They, why they you know, it. it's so true. It's a high calling, and it all kind of folds in together. You, you distinguish yourself between you and a, and a first responder. But don't forget, and I don't have to tell you this, who's the first one that is there in time of trouble, if there is a, a flood, a fire, a disaster. Restaurant people. Yes. Yep. They're the ones that band together. They're feeding the first responders. That's They're it. taking care. And there's never, it's never about the money. Never. It's about giving back. That's just in their nature and they immediately deploy and that's what they do. It's funny that you say that. I didn't even think of that, but that's brilliant. That's, that surmises everything. I've said that for yeah, years. Yeah. I really have yeah. and I've God seen bless. it. Yeah. And I've seen Absolutely. it. And that's a secret of success here in Rhode Island because we have so many people like you who are independent restaurants who do it because of the love, who do it as a as a high calling, consider it a high calling, and it's just natural. It's just part of their nature, part of your nature, and it, it, it gravitates. People gravitate towards that. People who are like-minded just as an innate sense are going to come and they're going to they're going to come and work for you and they may not even know why yeah yeah it's it's unbelievable so it all comes down to uh teachers and education right so continue to have joyful learning if you see a teacher out there give them a big hug if you know someone that's influenced you reach out to them you'll make them feel great it's really all about moving that forward and really paying it forward i think anyway bruce newberry cindy bigelow nice to see you here in Providence. Well, thank you for having me on chatting with you. Uh, it's great to talk here. Uh, let's talk tea. <laughs> good. That's a subject I actually can talk about. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> Bigelow tea, legendary, been around for a long time. I actually used to sell Bigelow tea, I must tell you. I was in the coffee business for many years, and we carried Bigelow tea. Are you kidding me? Honest to God. I, we were just talking earlier, right before this interview, and we were saying how the world is such a circle. You can't believe it. It, it is six degrees of separation. It is, absolutely. And it was always kind of a, uh, not because you're sitting here in this lovely conference room here at Johnson & Wales, but it was always a premium item, and it was something that was kind of above the, you know, kind of run of the mill and things like that. And, and uh, so it was always like a special thing, that, and, and people would insist on it. I, I remember that so uh so i guess we have a kindred thing going on here yeah and i'm happy to say that it still is that that, that premium product we try to price it so that everyone can enjoy it and that sometimes people say oh if it's that price it can't be the highest premium quality but it absolutely is i go to country all the time i see where the gardens are who's actually working with the different ingredients we know intimately about all of our 200 botanicals that we buy and it is a high quality product trust me and you've always been i would imagine 
Christian. Uh, you've always been using terms like botanicals and things like that. Now we all use those terms, <laughs> don't we? Yeah, you know, I, I would have to say you're absolutely right. Even things like we've been doing sustainability for such a long time, and I'm so happy everyone's getting, you know, you know, into doing that, and they are getting a lot of, you know, credit for doing that. But you should have been doing that a long time ago because we all need to be thinking like that. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Now there are new trends that I'm like, wait a minute, we've been doing that a long time. <laughs> it's true. So what's the hot tea these days, Cindy? Well, believe it or not, our um, the fastest growing tea we have is our lemon ginger with probiotic. We worked with a company named Ganadin, and they have a um, probiotic BC30 that took two years for us to be able to develop so that it's in a shell that will make it all the way into the intestinal tract until it really activates. Uh, and it is literally a, a beautiful product that's very, very good for you, probiotic making it even that much better for you, and it is absolutely growing double digits it's amazing it's it's almost our number one tea now isn't that interesting now tea has always had these properties you know and tea will make you feel better and it's always been something that added to not only the enjoyment as a beverage but also there were some if not direct health benefits certainly perceived health benefits and now as we say it seems to be coming out that uh, we have definite and 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 documented kind of health benefits and we talk about when when this particular uh, part of the beverage works in this part of the body and things, we're going just beyond something that's uh, nice and warm in a cup or nice and cool in a glass. Well, I, I think, well, first of all, tea has a very long history. And believe it or not, in the 1700s and 1800s, it was consumed for health reasons. People thought it helped them with their stomach or if they you know, weren't feeling well, had all kinds of uh, perhaps just perceived, but now as we've moved down and in today's world, all the studies from Columbia University, Tufts University, uh, Brigham Women's Hospital, like there are all these studies that have come out over the last 25 years talking about truly how good tea is for you. And I think there is a much greater awareness now, thank heavens, because it's such a good thing to be thinking about, is everything you put in your body should really be good for you. It should be making you stronger. I'm not going to say they're medicines, but they should should be making you stronger and making you healthier and ensuring that they're not weakening your immune system. So yeah, there's been a real surge in the requirement for health products and, a, and an even greater awareness of how good tea is for you. It absolutely is. So here you are, third generation, and we've got a, a generation now that kind of believes that they're the only ones that have ever had things like green tea and <laughs> things like that. But uh, how do you uh, how do you keep things going here with this uh, company that's been around for generations and generations? Is it as simple as look? This is what uh, this is what it'll do for you, and it's great, and all of that. Or, or what do you do? Well, there's a lot of things you have to do to be successful. First and foremost, you have to stay true to who you are, which is the quality of all of the original recipes. So nothing can change to impact that. So our constant comment and our Earl Grey, which is made with the um, oil from Calabria, Italy, from a third generation farmer. Actually, the oil is organic. Um, so making sure you never do anything that's going to hurt the foundation. You're always supporting that and recognizing that that is where you've started. And then ensuring that you are remaining relevant with the consumer. Where are they going? What are they looking for? 
How do they want to be communicated with? And that's what we have done, I think, extremely well. In addition to honoring the past history, and we've built on that. And so now we have ingredients, like I mentioned, probiotic or turmeric or ginger or, you know, uh, all kinds of echinacea. Getting all the livers. Everybody, yeah. everybody wants to Absolutely. hear more about this. But we do something a little different, Bruce. We actually make each recipe taste fantastic. So it's not just putting ingredients in a bag that sound good. It's putting them in in a way that the recipe is actually very enjoyable, very safe. Uh, and I, that's what's really resonated. And I have a great story. The other day we were creating some new teas for a launch. And one particular flavor, we were not able to really achieve what the team felt was really exceptional. And so we were, I can't tell you, maybe on our 15th version of this recipe before launch time was getting very close. And it was okay. It was good. And the head of um, my sales and marketing, my vice president of sales and marketing, looked at me and looked at the team and he said, we do not want to launch this one. We want to drop this tea from the launch because we do not feel we can come up with an exceptional formula. And if it isn't exceptional, we don't want to launch it. I looked at it and my eyes were like, what? Which was so fantastic when your own team says, we are not going to launch it unless it's exceptional. That's music to my ears. They're taking care of the brand, aren't they? Absolutely. So it's not just being relevant in your messaging and in your products, but it's also always ensuring each cup is phenomenal. Really great. Tell me about the connection with baseball. Ah! Well, it's been a great connection that... If you were to ask me years ago when we first started it, I was like, what are we doing? (laughs) What? But uh, Joe Torrey had been diagnosed with prostate cancer and was a green tea drinker. And we saw the article. It's either my dad saw the article or the vice president of marketing saw it, either one, both. And they um, got together and they were like, oh, we should reach out to Joe Torrey. And, and it turned out he drank Bigelow green tea. Get out. And that is just what started us on this pathway with, you know, Joe Torrey. But we also used Phil Sims, uh, you know. So we, we really connected. We with, used Terry Francona, who we're I kind love, of partial to around I here. I love Terry Francona. I will be honest, when we stopped using Terry, I was like, we should continue to use him. He's a beautiful person. Yes. So that always makes me a little sad that we don't use Terry anymore because I really think the world of him. But we still use Joe. Um, We also used Wayne Gretzky for a little while. Um, But we stayed with Joe Torrey and Phil Sims, and we've really formed a real connection because they're very very big supporters of Bigelow Tea before us. So it's a wonderful connection. That's terrific. And uh, I, I wanted to ask you that. And uh, really, uh, it's such a such a great connection, unexpected one, but it makes perfect sense. So what's next for Bigelow? Well, um, what's next is continuing to grow the business, to stay focused on tea, but it doesn't have to be a tea bag, but tea-related. Uh, continue to develop our channels, uh, different markets, uh, and we've just been really blessed we have new product launches for the next three to five years already in the pipeline wow. yeah so things are good it's continuing to stay true to who we are which is a quality cup that we never will compromise on um, with relevant flavors in a way to message that people can i don't know can just relate to so it's looking quite good i think me too. Great to talk to you. Thanks very, very much. Continued success and enjoy the rest of your stay here in Rhode Island. Oh, thanks so much. This is really fun. I appreciate getting a chance to chat. Bruce Newberry. The food dude.